I almost made it to five years sober. My main crutch is liquor. I'm a hardcore alcoholic. At seven in the morning, I honestly feel like drinking. I almost made it to 55 months sober. This is what I told everybody. But in actuality, I relapsed at 53 months. And it just goes to show how tricky addicts can be. How easily just people can be manipulated because they believe everything they read. One of the main reasons I relapsed was... I had this weird interview with... Someone from my past. It started when I started trolling a donut shop and went upside down Shrek on the planet with tampons and my mom's cat. I still can't really talk about that. Yeah, I had a secret interview with, I'll say, one of my old spiritual teachers. And they were like, you need to buy some red wine. Yellowtail. From Australia, it's pretty good. Put some in your house. And I was like, listen, mister. That's the most dangerous shit I've ever heard. Fuck you. And then... <laughs> like a motherfucking gangster. He was just like, well... Get over it. You never know who you're going to offend if you're in another country, someone's home, and they offer you a drink. In some cultures, saying no to their hospitality is the same as spitting in their face. There's probably a tribe in the jungle that'll cut your dick off if you don't eat their bugs soaked in jungle gin, you know? <clears throat> I've never wanted to offend people or step on toes or... I don't like being rude. And I'm sorry to everyone that's religious and spiritual that believes in Christianity that... got a little triggered and upset by my saying God is gay. I was just kidding. But also not really, because gay means happy. And if God isn't happy, then... They're just filled with wrath. And that's how a lot of... Specifically Christians approach me. This guy Jordan came up to me. And I felt pretty good in my hat. I was sitting there smiling, eating an apple. And he came up to me and said, You know, that looks like the hat of a man who lacks courage. That's really how you're going to introduce yourself to me, you fucking piece of shit. That's the hat of a man who lacks courage. And I just laughed in his face. I was like, dude, courage was the first thing I acquired while playing Zelda on Master Quest. I don't have the Master Sword tattooed on me because I'm a gigantic pussy. Why don't you have a seat, mister, and let's talk about it. And he went to shake my hand, and I was like, I don't want to touch this guy, but I also don't want to be rude. He's now part of my bubble. 
And... He was just one of the people to threaten me. He saw how uplifting my messages were in chalk, and he caught wind that I write children's stories and have a very whimsical sense of humor. People seem to warm up to me quite abruptly, and kids all see me smiling as I walk down the street playing with yo-yos and playing hockey by myself. And since so many people from different walks of life actually just enjoy sitting and talking with me, I had a lot of people try to buy my stories. They're like, we'll just, we'll pay you, just send them to us, you're paid. And since I'm like kind of poor, I was like, that sounds great. Let me just, give me the weekend to work on it. But the emails I was given all seemed like spam emails and made up. And then this little voice in the back of my head was just thinking that the man who created Superman died in poverty. I didn't want to sell my stories that had a message about reduce, reuse, recycle, and respect for others, especially respect for women and other people's beliefs. And that how diets, religion... Sexuality, it's also personal, and it's really nobody's fucking business. Who you pray to, who you fuck, and what you eat. That's your goddamn business. I don't even let people know what I believe. Because they show their true colors, if you have a difference of opinion. And a difference of opinion is kind of viewed as an attack on people's individuality sometimes when really it's just our differences that make us all special and unique and I was getting followed by this guy Jordan forever he was doing God is love Jesus loves you all this like super religious chalk art in my multicultural town it's not my town, but I was born here. I went to a Catholic school and they taught us the importance of respecting others' beliefs. And I thought that on a path that had like 20% white people that walk up and down it every day, that all that Jesus art was just a... Uh, it was well done, but it wasn't well placed. So I wrote something about praise bowling. <laughs> Love, Lord Kitchener. And he got pretty upset about that. I met his wife. She was following me. She caught me outside of Tim Hortons, touched my hip and invited me out to the woods with her husband to write stories. Just imagine what you two could accomplish together if Jesus had your back. I was just like, lady, I'm just trying to eat slime outside of Baskin Robbins. Please fuck off. And then she asked me to watch her wagon, and I said, no, I've really got to go.
And then she literally just wheeled her wagon into the store. Which to me seemed also confusing. I saw that guy Jordan the day after and I was like, hey man, I met your wife. What's up with that? Why are you two motherfuckers following me? I said no, you're harassing me. Don't make me call the police. You two have kids. I'd rather leave the police out of it. Go home. Be good parents. And he opened up to me that he's not allowed to leave that cheating B word. I'll probably say it. I don't like it. I don't like saying this word. Sometimes I use it because it's funny. He's like, I'm not allowed to leave that cheating bitch because it's against my religion. I'm afraid I'll burn in hell if I seek happiness here on earth. And I was like, oh, okay, just get a divorce. This is not my problem. I'm not your counselor. Get away from me. So, yes, sorry to hear that, but since he's so aggressive towards me, I can't offer him that love and respect that he probably deserves from a stranger. He found out I was going to sell art at the bowling alley, because I was walking past the bowling alley, and they had a lemonade stand. And I was like, oh, fuck, you guys have freezies and lemonade? You have slush puppies? (laughs) And he saw, the owner saw how fun I was and how... Many people on that path I walked were... It's called the Iron Horse Trail, by the way. He saw how I couldn't literally walk 12 seconds without someone being like, Hey, thanks for all those uplifting messages you wrote. I appreciate that head stuff about that bakery in town. And some of that shit's kind of funny. You're a little aggressive sometimes. You're kind of salty. You're definitely a lunatic. But everyone knows I'm a really nice guy, and part of my online personalities is just... My consciousness unfiltered, and everybody else just runs filters for themselves, and they're worried about messing with their aesthetics. If you have a food blog, you can't be like, I'm miserable. I went so insane that describing my insanity drove others around me insane. It's all my stories I have to keep fucking quiet. I'm not even allowed to put my weed cookies into the public because they're so insanely strong. I made peanut butter balls out of a quarter pound of weed. And I gave my friend one and he was high for three days. And I felt really weird asking... People, if they wanted to buy my balls, and if you just lick my balls, they'll get you high for three days. That was just weed. The secret to making potent weed edibles is actually just coconut oil and a slow cooker. Decarb your pot. I think it takes 20 to 40 minutes. Uh, Google it. Decarb your pot. Put your decarbed marijuana in a slow cooker with a bunch of coconut oil. Put it on low for four to eight hours. Let it come to room temperature. Put it in the fridge. 
overnight. And in the morning, take it back out, put it back on the slow cooker, and cook it back down for another four to eight hours. It has something to do with when you make it cold again that the fat molecules seal together and expand. So cook it twice. Then on your second slow cook, add as much sunflower lecithin oil as you want. I normally add about four tablespoons to like four cups of oil. And then I just dump a whole bunch more in. So these are not accurate measurements, sorry. But the sunflower lecithin oils, specifically for people with fast metabolisms, it coats your intestines and your stomach lining to soak up all the nutrients in your beans, your chicken, whatever. And then X amount of years ago, some pothead was like, I wonder if it works with weed. And it totally does. And since my weed cookies were so strong, I would have felt bad selling them to even seasoned professionals and giving them an anxiety attack. I ate them all. And I ate a quarter pound of pot in two weeks. Proven without a reasonable doubt that you cannot overdose on marijuana. I don't recommend eating a quarter pound of mushrooms with <laughs> a couple ounces of mushrooms. And if you do do that, put your phone away. Don't go on the internet. Also debatable. I was able to study algorithms and pick up on radio signals somehow while literally in the ether. I could, I became an empath. I could pick up on people's emotions, but not always. So all over the map. Liam Lynch always said that you become what you think about. And all I've ever wanted to be was happy. Being loved is just a side effect of being happy. A very positive one. I made it to like 53 months sober. Honestly, just eating Ben and Jerry's and smoking weed. I wasn't sure how to unwind and relax at the end of a stressful day. Sometimes you just get walked all over. People just take shits and your customer service grin and you can't stand up for yourself so you get fall down drunk. I went to the dentist and it was pretty traumatic. I can get tattooed for hours on end but a dentist drill in my mouth is the worst. Every time I pause, it's because I forgot what I was talking about, because I suffer from extreme short-term memory loss. 
I got carbon monoxide poisoning in Nova Scotia during Hurricane Dorian. We were ordered to stay inside because there was 110 km winds and there was no power. We were in the hurricane's warpath, basically. My roommate spent the day at my East Coast dad's, which is actually just a lady named Kat. Yeah, I've got an East Coast daddy. It's a girl. So what? <laughs> Story behind that is, first time I met her, she was listening to Biggie Smalls. She's like, I wish somebody would call me Big Papa. I was like, I'm just going to call you Daddy. <laughs> and then I got really tight with that entire donut shop. Which I probably burned some of those bridges, but... You know, it happens. Carbon monoxide poisoning. We were ordered to stay home. My roommate took off for the day. And I ate a bit of weed cheesecake. And I could smell exhaust. And on the main floor of that apartment was just me, my roommate, and an elderly couple down the hall. There was an elevator to go upstairs, and there was a door to the garage. So I just imagined somebody left the door open in the garage, and I was just smelling someone's car taking off. The weed cheesecake settled in pretty good. And I felt like painting. I felt like I was high on mushrooms. I made a blue dot in my bedroom. I loved it. I took it into the kitchen to examine this blue dot, and I added some yellow and red. Oh, amazing. These colors are awesome. Just these primary babies. I was talking to this woman I liked via text messaging and she was like you seem dumb as fuck today I was like that's rude she's like no you seriously seem much stupider than normal sometimes it seems like you're kidding sometimes you're just dumb she's like you seem fucking dumb as shit today and it's like you know what you're actually right and my phone was melting in my hands the buttons were Literally just oozing off of my phone. I was so cold. I had the worst headache imaginable. My breathing was becoming compromised. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go to bed then. My headache just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I could, it felt like my brain was being split in half. And I could actually see a beam of light behind my eyes and it hurt so goddamn bad and then I felt nothing and then I heard the power come back on I heard the fridge hum, the microwave beep and then I heard the carbon monoxide detector go off My neighbors were running a gas generator indoors while wearing oxygen tanks. While slowly fucking poisoning me. I just thought it was really good weed cheesecake. Which goes to show the dangers of drinking or smoking weed and staying at home. 
if you don't have a carbon monoxide detector. So I heard this alarming beeping. I was able to piece everything together and I started trying to get dressed and I strove to put pants on forever. My roommate came home about a, a moment later and I was like, dude, it reeks like gas out there. What the fuck? And I was like, I know, I think I'm dying. And then she literally just took me by the hand and led me outside. And I think she told me she had just eaten seven grams of mushrooms. And I was the weird one. I was supposed to go to the hospital to be set up to an oxygen bubble or something. But I just wandered off and pet flowers. And I woke up the next day and felt hungover shit. I went to the hospital to ask the doctor if there were any long-term effects. And he didn't believe my story. He's like, so you want drugs? And I was like, no, mister. I would actually prefer lack of drugs, please. I want to know the long-term effects of this. And he said, get out of the hospital, go get fresh air. And he left. I was like, all right, cool. I was hungover for months. The day that I snapped out of that hangover and truly felt like myself again, COVID-19 fucking happened and sent everybody home. And I kind of thought it was a joke because I had it before it was even on Canada's radar. I had it in Halifax. My friend Shannon did too. We were both sick for three to four weeks and... I almost died from that as well. And then I just spent all of COVID painting. I made 72 paintings in Halifax and my lease was up. I was like, oh no, I have a week to sell 72? That's impossible. I didn't even want to sell them because I actually really liked them. And selling 72 in a week seemed impossible, so I took them all outside. I sat with them, and if someone stopped and told me which one they liked, I just gave it to them. Just to show that you can trust a stranger. That people, on average, are good. People won't try to take advantage of and manipulate you. If you drop $20 on the ground, I bet you 9 times out of 10, the person who picks it up gives it back to you. I told everybody, just take these paintings. All you have to do is smile at me and pay it forward. Force yourself to smile at three other people. Do something nice for someone. Or tell someone you love them. That's how I was able to sell 72 paintings in Halifax. I gave them away. I came back to Kitchener and made... I was in British Columbia for a bit, but never mind that. 
all the best things in life are on a whim. I don't plan anything ever. When I came back to Kitchener from Vancouver, I just felt compelled to do so. I was worried I'd never see my mom, my friends. I was worried I'd never get to be a good uncle. My best friend Amanda picked me up from the airport. I didn't tell anyone else I was coming. And then I was outside my mom's house. Like, I should probably call her so I don't give her a heart attack. She thinks I'm somewhere in the world. And they weren't home. They're never home. They're always at the trailer. So I basically just sat there for two weeks, just feeling kind of weird. I felt loved, but I felt uneasy. I felt like throwing up all the time. I only felt good the moment I left my mom's house. When I told them about my carbon monoxide poisoning and that they should have a detector, and I'm pretty sure she was drunk when she's like, yeah, we're on it, we got it. We got batteries. But what happens if those batteries die while you're away for a week? I think my mom drinks too much, and maybe my nieces are fiddling with the fireplace, or maybe my sister did it. I don't know. But I was able to relate the symptoms I was feeling in my mom's house to how I felt during Hurricane Dorian. So I did what I call wholesome snooping. I checked the carbon monoxide detector, and it was dead. I popped open the little latch on the bottom of their fireplace and saw that the gas was actually turned on full blast. But the pilot light was blown out. Even though the sealed gas was slowly escaping that. I ran out to Walmart, bought a CO2 detector, plugged it in and started beeping like crazy. I hung out outside. And I waited for them to come back. When they got back, I was sitting at the table with a cup of ginger ale. Canned and dry. It's a champagne of ginger ales. And I basically treat it like I was the parent and the tables had actually turned. They got home and they're like, is everything okay? And I was like, we need to have a talk. <laughs>